2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman. <laughs>
1: Near the top of a snow-covered mountain, the international conspirator pockets his revolver and gazes down triumphantly at the man who lies at his feet.
2: You fool! How could you think you could stop the boot, eh? (laughs) So you have learned what all the others know, that no one can stop me. And now, in just a few minutes, I shall have that which will make me master of the whole world.
0: I've got news for you, gang. Mighty good news. Something you've been very patiently waiting for several weeks to hear. And I'm going to spill it before the end of this program, so be sure to stay with us. Meanwhile, there's something else I must tell you. Today we can definitely tell you how you can bring a little happiness to those young people all over the world who are less fortunate than you. And this is it. Join the Crusade for Children. The Crusade for Children is a national organization formed for the purpose of uniting American boys and girls in an effort to save one half of their generation, the half that struggle so desperately for life in Europe and Asia. Members of the Crusade for Children, all young people, work to raise funds for food, clothing, and medicines, which will be used to help 230 million sick and starving children regain their health. The organization is sponsored by American overseas aid and United Nations Appeal for Children. If there is already a chapter of crusade for children in your town, join it now. If there is no chapter in your town, ask your mother or your teacher to help you organize one. Don't let 230 million hungry children down. They need your help. Do something about it now.
1: And now, the adventures of Superman. Just before he died, a famous nuclear physicist named Sir Hubert Clay confided a secret to Freddy, his midget companion, a secret which involved the fate of the entire world. Then he instructed the tiny man to seek out a former assistant named Robert Archer. But before Superman, to whom the midget appealed for aid, could find Archer and bring the two together, an international conspirator called the Boot abducted Freddy and learned Sir Hubert's secret. Then, leaving word that the midget was to be liquidated, the boot went by private plane to a lonely mountain on the Swiss border. Superman arrived in time to save Freddy's life, but not before the little man had been so seriously hurt that he could not be questioned. And now in a waiting room of the Metropolis Hospital, Superman, in his disguise of Clark Kent, is with cub reporter Jimmy Olson when Dr. Mercer enters.
2: Here comes the doctor, Mr. Kent.
3: Yes, How's Freddy, Doctor?
2: I'm happy to say he's out of danger, Mr. Oh, Kent. Fine, oh, fine, wonderful. Gee, that's yes, great. the little fellow's going to be all right. Can we see him now, Doctor? Oh, I'm afraid not, Mr. Kent. Your friend had a pretty rugged time, you know. Well, gee whiz, when can we see him?
3: Perhaps in a day or two. A day or two? Yes, you see, we But we've we got have... to see him before that. We sure
2: do. Why, why today is January 29th, and... Well, I'm sorry, And in I... three more days, the, the world might come to an end. The world might come to an end? What are you talking about, lad? Well, you see, Doctor, the book... Oh, just
3: a minute, Jim. I think I'd better explain. Doctor, we have reason to believe that little Freddie's late master, Sir Hubert Clay, you know... Yes? ...discovered a way to harness and direct the atomic power of the sun.
2: Really? Yes.
3: Now, apparently he had arranged to demonstrate this uh, this weapon, but he was killed before he could go through the it. The boot killed him. Well, he must have set some sort of timing device because on his deathbed he told Freddie that unless he found a former assistant named Robert Archer before February 1st and told him all about the weapon, a terrible disaster would strike the earth on that day. And
2: that's the day after tomorrow. Great
3: heavens! Now, Mr. Archer is right here in the hospital waiting to learn all about the sun weapon from Freddy. But unless we can get the information very soon, it'll be too late. And either the disaster will strike or... or... the
2: boot will get control of the weapon. Yes.
3: As a matter of fact, he may already have it at this moment. Well, this is incredible, Mr. Kent. If what you tell me is true... Believe me, it is, doctor. I've told you all of it, so you'll realize how important it is for us to see and talk to Freddie as soon as possible. Because from now on, every minute, every second is of vital importance. And that's
2: not kidding. Well, I, I must say, I, I'll i see the head of the hospital at once, Mr. Kent. It may be possible, although I won't promise, that we can find some means to improve the patient's general condition temporarily so that he may be questioned. You must do that, doctor. You must. Well, I'll see what can be done and report to you in a few minutes.
1: As Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen wait anxiously for the doctor's report, an amazing scene is taking place thousands of miles away at the very top of a tall, lonely mountain on the Swiss border. There, the boot having shot Henri, his guide, and left him lying in the snow, has made his way halfway around the snow-capped peak of the mountain to a man-high crevice in the rock. Then, squeezing his tall body through, the boot enters a circular, rock-walled cave where a timbered glass skylight about four feet square illuminates the strange place. In the direct center of the earthen floor, which had been beaten and rolled flat as a table, stands a heavy stone oven about five feet high and just as thick two short, sturdy steel legs rise from the massive stone oven to support a large globe of the world which revolves slowly on its metal axis with the land masses standing out from the smooth surface in bold relief. From the ceiling where it is set in a heavy trident of gleaming dark metal set with intricate checks and balances, an infinitely slender gleaming silvery rod about nine feet long and hardly thicker than a needle extends downward in such a way that its diamond-pointed end stops just above the slowly revolving globe. And at the present moment, hardly the thickness of a hair separates the sharp diamond point of the rod from the globe. From a mass of dials set in one rock wall, a steady methodic ticking echoes through the strange cave. And at each tick, a shimmer of dark light seems to run the length of the long silvery rod and causes it to vibrate. Despite the bitter below-zero temperature outside, the circular room is oppressively warm. And the boot's first action on entering and sizing up the picture with savage delight has been to throw aside his heavy coat. Now his green, ice-like eyes glowing. He stands before the large globe, crouches to measure the hair-breadth space remaining between the gleaming silvery rod and the slowly revolving globe. And a shudder of great exultation tinged with awe runs through his heavy body. Softly he speaks to the
2: man, now dead, who created these wonders. I told you, Sir, but before I snuffed the life from your miserable body that one day I would possess your secret, and now, now it is mine, mine to use as I please, to destroy in one great puff of smoke those who dare defy me and bring the rest of the world to my feet. <laughs>
1: moment, drunk with the realization of the infinite power in his hands. The boot trembles on the verge of madness. His green ice-like eyes dance and shine with a wild light. And then, a scraping sound, a halting step behind him, causes him to whirl about. He stares, his mouth dropping open in disbelief. Across the room, bracing himself unsteadily against the rock wall, stands a pale, haggard, short bearded man in mountain boots and mackinaw, one of whose arms, twisted grotesquely, hangs from his side. With the other hand, he clutches the short, double-pronged pickaxe of the mountain climber. He wets his gray lips with his tongue as his eyes, red-rimmed and feverish with great pain, gleam with fierce hate. The boot's voice gasps hoarsely, incredulously. You? No. No, it cannot be. Oui, oh, yes, monsieur, de boot. It is I. But, but
2: I, it cannot be, I tell you. I, I kill you. You are dead.
1: His eyes wide with disbelief, the boot stares at the man across the room who calmly looks back, a thin, painful grin creasing his leathery face. Who is this man? We'll be back in a moment to find out
0: in the stunning climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Well, gang, here's the good news you've been waiting to hear. The judging of winners in the Superman Hidden Word Contest is coming to a close. Yes, it's almost all over and your period of waiting is just about ended. You've been very patient, and we appreciate that. We want you to know that all the people involved in sorting, screening, and final judging of your entries have worked as hard and as fast as they possibly could. And when you consider how many entries they had to read, and how difficult it was to choose only 1,000 winners from all the excellent answers that were received, you will agree that they've done a wonderful job in record time. But now it's practically all over, as I said before. And tomorrow, that's Friday, we will definitely tell you exactly when we will begin to announce the names of the 1,000 lucky winners. So don't miss tomorrow's Superman program, whatever you do. Be sure to listen and find out when we will begin to announce the names of the winners. You may be one of them. And now... Back to the
1: adventures of Superman. In the late Sir Hubert Clay's mountaintop cave, the boot faces a badly injured man who holds a mountain climber's short two-pronged pickaxe menacingly in his hand. No!
2: No, it cannot be. I I kill you. Oh, you!
1: Make the mistake, Monsieur Boot. I must you kill me, Henri, but not quite. Now I come to kill you.
2: No! Don't move, Henri, I warn it you. It's an
1: empty warning, monsieur. Your pistol, it is in your overcoat there across the room. But, Take but one step toward it and I will plunge this pickaxe into your heart.
2: Listen to me, Henri. I did not mean to shoot you. I lie, I...
1: monsieur. You tried to kill me because there is something here you wish to steal. I do not know what it is. But Sir Hubert, whom you have murdered, he has told me you are an evil man, the most evil man in the whole world.
2: That is not true. Listen to me, Henri. There is not much time. You see this globe of the world and the long rod hanging above it. Well, well, very soon now, in a few hours, the rod will descend and touch the globe. And when it does, whatever part of the earth it touches will be exploded and destroyed as if a million atom bombs had struck it.
1: Uh, what nonsense is this? This is
2: the truth. Stuart Hubert discovered how to control the atomic power generated by the sun. The secret is here in this mountain cave. For all we know, the rod may pierce the globe at this very point where we stand. And if it does, this mountain, all this country, for heaven knows how many thousands of miles around, will be destroyed.
1: Ah, do you think I am such a fool as to believe that? You
2: must believe me. I swear it's true. Only permit me to stop the rod. Ah,
1: do not move, you fool. You will destroy us both. No, Monsieur. I will destroy only you.
2: Oh, stop! Stop! I said, take this.
1: As the short axe hurled by Henri strikes the boot, the conspirator spins about, then falls to the floor of the cave where he lies face down, arms extended moment, a flash of triumph lighting his face, Henri gazes down at him. Then he groans and also collapses to the ground. Then all is silent, except for the measured ticking from the faintly illumined mass of dials on the rock wall. What will happen is the long needle-like rod lowers its diamond point of destruction nearer and nearer to the globe. Superman can prevent the terrible destruction, but the Man of Steel can only act if the midget Freddy recovers in time to reveal the location of this mountaintop cave and its secret. The moment was never more tense, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen tomorrow. Tune in same time, same station to Chapter 13 of Dead Man's Secret on The Adventures of Superman. Superman. <laughs>
0: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.